This is a story of the Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to a sort of Star Wars podcast, the podcast that is sort of about Star Wars and sort of about Star Wars oh. and sort of about everything else. <laughs> but today is about Star Wars, specifically okay. about Star Wars. And with me, I have Matt. Hi, Matt. Welcome back. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> 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 Molly, welcome back. Thank you. Oh, we have Molly as well. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> Please don't talk when I'm talking. <laughs> have you done this before? <laughs> it's my first time. Hello, hello. <laughs> Episode 92. <laughs> uh, you were saying that? <laughs> Everyone's here. <laughs> These are sort the people of. that are here. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed uh, <man>. it. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about um, Darth Vader, specifically uh, what might have happened or what would have happened if Darth Vader would have beat Obi-Wan and not required his suit. Mm-hmm. So I guess he could have beat Obi-Wan and still required a suit, but we're assuming that, I mean, yeah, we're assuming that he does not have a suit and that means that he beat Obi-Wan Kenobi in the fight on Mustafar. So I thought this this was something me and Molly talked about a while ago, like a year and a half ago. Um, so finally, we're getting around it around <laughs> to discussing it more. Um, and I have just a couple questions we're going to focus on. First, um, what in general do you think would have happened if Vader, Anakin, would have beat Obi-Wan Kenobi? Um, Matt, why don't you start? So... Uh- I wondered about this a little bit. What you, how you define beat, like, um, severe, like gravely injured, like Obi Wan did to Vader, or actually killed him. I was thinking killed him. Okay, but we could go down either road. Well, you know, killing him would have even like greater effects. Yeah, but what were you thinking? Well, you know, I think obviously if you killed him, then you can't have episodes four through six. Right, but okay. No, you, but, you could. It just Obi Wan wouldn't have healed Luke in the desert. That's true. I would yeah. just stopping there for a minute. Yeah, I never really thought about that. That was Obi Wan healing Luke. Mm-hmm. It was just like him, like shaking him to wake him up. Right. But then I saw on Twitter somewhere that people were like, oh, people were going crazy over Baby Yoda and Ray healing people with the Force, but Obi Wan did it all the way back in episode four and, I'm, and they showed that clip and i was like oh yeah i guess he did heal him in a way well, do you know what just, we're talking about Molly? He's just yeah, kind of bent never, over him and he puts his yeah. hand on his forehead or like right. his fingers on his forehead yeah maybe he just woke up his synapses yeah I, well, just, I, I, I thought he was just kind of reviving him you know like he was using the force to revive him that's kind of how he I, was dead or he was just knocked out just knocked out that's how i always viewed it um not necessarily that he was alive or that he had died since we're talking about it, why doesn't Ray disappear when she dies? Well, I think that I think there's some. <laughs> we're jumping around a little bit here. <laughs> I no, it's, I we just jumped to Rise of Skywalker, right? Where Ray dies after beating Palpatine, oh. but she doesn't disappear. And when Kyle or when Ben dies, he disappears almost immediately. Right. I, th- I think it's a little bit of how I think it's just some conscious. I think it's kind of consciously choosing to to do mm. that like you know i was trying to talk about this with 
one of my girls trying to describe the difference between like the living force and the force. And I think right. it has to do with who you or what side of the force you end up using more. Um, so, and again, I don't know how much that plays into it because that's all kind of fan fiction and right. that kind of stuff. But I think it's a little bit more of a conscious decision. Like I, I understand this part of the force and I'm choosing to be a part of it and giving up my corporeal form, you know, to be a part of this um, force ghost thing. Because Qui-Gon right. oh. and Vader don't disappear at all. Vader right. does? No. I mean, he's burned. Yeah. And so is Qui-Gon. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah, we're assuming that yeah. Vader is not alive when they burn. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope not. We're assuming, not. we're assuming that when he, you know, you already have is his final word. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, ah! <laughs> it's like screaming. It's almost as if I could still hear him. <laughs> Put my helmet back on, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. But Qui-Gon was the one that figured out how to do it. Right. He was the very first one. So before Qui Gon, nobody had joined the Force. You know, Force the li- after the force, living Force. I think. Living Force. Well, doesn't yeah. it seem like it would have been more likely than that he would have disappeared if he's the one who figured out how to do it, or did he figure out how to do it after he after death? Yeah, it wasn't until like uh, the end of the Clone or partway through the Clone War that he appeared to Yoda, right? Mm-hmm. Um, saying that he figured it out. Gotcha. Right, so. Yeah, I think with like Yoda and Obi Wan and remember Obi Wan disappeared too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's almost as a and so did Luke. Like I don't know right. that Luke necessarily died. I think he would have been fine had he chosen to continue on in the you know corporeal you know like solid form. Right. But he felt like I think they all kind of felt like the work that they had done was finished right and now they're going to be part of the living force and they're going to speak to the jedi coming through after that and i think that's a little bit of what abrams was trying to bring in to you know like i can't hear them when ray was saying right you know i can't hear them i think that's she was trying to tap into that and for whatever reason she was blocked from it or she couldn't get to it for whatever reason yeah which would explain why leia didn't disappear until ben did because she was yeah. to stay there. She hadn't chosen, yeah. Until yeah. Ben yeah. was finished, yeah. Yeah. But. So, all that to say. <laughs> yeah. If Vader had killed Obi-Wan. Right. At the very beginning of this. Right. This yep. trail. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think it would have been, obviously would have changed the story dramatically. So, it'd be interesting to, to think about how, if you would continue to walk that through episodes four through six and everything and and where um luke would have got his training um because you would have expected that yoda would then have to play a larger role because he was then really one of the last jedi masters um yeah so it's interesting because yoda talks we recently saw empire strikes back in the theaters that's the first time i've ever seen it in theaters which is pretty cool um, and I noticed Yoda has a mustache. 
It was the first time I ever saw it on a screen big enough and clear enough when I saw that Yoda has a mustache. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got like the same hairs are like on his head, like scr- like stray hairs just mm-hmm. above his lip. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> I noticed that he said, um, "I'm sure I've heard this time before, but he's like it's the like line is like he's always he's talking about Luke, but he's talking to Obi Wan, mm-hmm. and he said always looking to the horizon, mm-hmm. never what he was doing, where he was going." Right. You know that thing, um, but before that, he says like I've always watched you, or I've been watching him forever, or something like that. Right. Like, oh, Yoda like has been keeping tabs on Luke, right? Forever. I mean, right. since Luke was there. Yeah. I was like, oh, I never really thought about that. Yoda had been watching the whole time. It's almost like Yoda had so separated himself, and then Luke found him mm-hmm. and brought Yoda back from his insanity. <laughs> you see Yoda in Episode Three, finding a Sith Lord, and then. In episode f- uh, five, he's like banging R two D two with a stick, <laughs> and he doesn't know what a flashlight is anymore. And he's like, "Is this a sausage stick edible?" Like, okay, you live on Coruscant, you know what a flashlight is, right? Like, come on. Well, and I, you know, I, I always took that to be that he's just playing a yeah, character. But I think so too. Um, also, too, I, th- it, I've uh, one of the theories that I. Uh, remember reading is that Dagobah was actually a Sith or had like a yeah, strong Sith yeah. or dark side presence on it. Yeah. Um, and so the reason he went there and exiled himself was because he would be hidden from from them. Yeah. Um, Some of the source force energy around the planet <clears throat> that you wouldn't see Yoda there right. if someone was looking for him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a interesting thing but if you are around that you know maybe it does kind of push you if you're by yourself and you're around 20 years yeah not another person to talk to right yeah right he was probably talking to obi-wan they're probably chatting up a story (laughs) you think that they would i mean they made it sound that way um well i guess they only talked about they only talked together until episode or until empire strikes back and that's when obi-wan is Part of the force. Part of the force. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they have to be able to communicate through the force in their meditation times. Probably. You know. would think so. It feels like it feels like a pretty straightforward ability to be yeah. able to because the force isn't limited by time and space, so it would make sense that they'd be able to communicate through it. And Obi Wan did so little to train Luke. All he did was basically give Luke his lightsaber, put a helmet on him with a blast shield Ooh. down. And show him to see what he couldn't see. Right. Everything after that was Yoda. But what I think it's interesting is that f- for for all of the, you know, t- trying to bring this back to Vader maybe a little bit, is, you know, about how powerful he is. He always has worked under the assumption that Yoda is dead. At least it seems that way. Because even in Return of the Jedi, he talks about obi-wan training him well oh yeah you know like it's never like he didn't know that yoda trained him right yeah and i mean luke never alludes to it either um so you think palpatine would admit that yoda got away from him what's that you think palpatine didn't tell vader that yoda got away probably not um but what would be interesting is so i just saw a theory that baby yoda or the child is actually a clone of yoda right that the emperor tried to make um or did make i guess i should say so it'd be well the emperor would have been 
Oh, I guess. Because when was when is the Mandalorian? Is it after? It's five years after Return of the Jedi. So that's fifty years before. Uh, I mean, no. So the 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 child is fifty years old. Five years after Return of the Jedi. Right. So this would have been back in like it would have been like ten years before Phantom Menace. Okay. Which I guess Palpatine would have been old enough. I was yeah. thinking he'd be too young. Anyways. No, we're too old. <laughs> he is too old to be trained. <laughs> okay, let's kind of wrap back on top. I was like, here. I don't know that I really answered I your question. I think he answered a single question. <laughs> I have an answer. Okay, let's let's move on to Molly. We'll come back to Matt. Okay. <laughs> what? Your time has expired. Please wait. <laughs> uh, shut your mic off. Okay. That's what they need during the debates. A mic shutter off or button. Absolutely. But anyways, <laughs> we digress again. <laughs> yes. So Molly has an answer. So I thought about Leia. Um, well, Luke and Leia a little bit, but um, like I was thinking about the events that happened right after um, the Battle of Mustafar. So Obi Wan is there when the twins are born, and so mm-hmm. if Obi Wan had been killed, um, I don't think the kids would have ended up where they ended up. Um, so I don't think Luke would have gone to his aunt and uncle on the moisture farm. Um, I don't know where Luke would have gone, but I thought more significantly... Which, what farm was it, Molly? The moisture farm. <laughs> moisture. But, moisture farm. Moisture. Um, but I thought more specifically... Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, I was trying to remember, wasn't it Yoda's idea to put Luke with his family? Um, I was... Yeah, Obi-Wan just delivered Luke to Tatooine. But Obi-Wan was there during the birth. Right. So yeah. maybe it was, yeah. But I thought about Leia more specifically, maybe not having been put with, um, oh my word, the Organas. And so not yeah. being a princess and therefore not having the knowledge of the rebels and not delivering the plans. And obviously there would be, yeah. you know, would, that whole... Would there be rebels? What? Because she was a leader i guess her dad was a leader was yeah Yeah. right so then i thought about like the all the stuff that leia i just thought about leia a lot more than luke Mm. i just was like well luke's story wouldn't be there because obi-wan wasn't there and then i started thinking about leia's story of well she wouldn't probably wouldn't be a princess um she yeah she wouldn't have had her um position with the rebels and then if you think about empire strikes back and how she's kind of in charge on hoth and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know. I just thought about, like, she would just be some, like, nobody in, on some planet somewhere. Or, I or, also thought about, would they have just killed the kids and said these are, like, the spawn of Anakin? And, I don't know. It just was, like, I wonder how significant Obi-Wan played into the the um, placement of the kids or the survival of Luke and Leia. I mean, I guess they probably wouldn't have killed it because it would have got. They wouldn't have killed him because it when it went against the Jedi code or whatever. But I don't know. It just made me think: like, would they just have gone into like a foster care and be more kind of right. like Ray, just kind of by themselves, scavenging? Yeah, I thought. A thought that I had was: would um, Vader or Anakin be able to then take Padme back? And if she wasn't so heartbroken about anakin if anakin was there for the delivery of the Mm. kids 
would they have would she have survived and if vader took her back and she had the kids then vader would know about the kids and he would probably raise them under the sith code or whatever either either he would raise them that way or maybe having kids and padme would change him mm-hmm. in a way back to a good person um but if he raised them through the sith way which i think is probably what would happen um then uh who would be there to fight vader then somebody else would somebody else rise up like snoke says you know darkness rises and light to meet it or whatever Mm -hmm. would there be somebody else in the galaxy other than luke and leia that would have the force ability to rise up against them or against vader or against the emperor no it's a good point ryan because i think the reality you're right molly almost what we made the assumption that they would somehow get back onto the the organa spaceship but that wouldn't have happened because vader would have won he would have taken padme and there wouldn't have been any of those decisions from from yoda or or organa so Yeah, it'd be interesting to it's interesting to think about how that would have played out. Um Padme wouldn't have I I really have a problem with how they had Padme die. Yeah. And well it's like they got to the end of the movie and they're like, Oh shoot, Padme's not in the next one. <laughs> Guess I'll die. Yeah. <laughs> well and, I th- I, and because like you watch you watch if we assume that everything in the Clone Wars T V show Mm-hmm. is canon she's right. not anything like that right yeah you know and like she's, she's not this whiny like right. you know person so i think if so let's assume let's go back and assume that vader wins takes them back to coruscant mm-hmm. to um there i think that um she would have left him with the kids because she and I think to be quite honest. Oh, oh, sorry. She would have taken the kids and went away from Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if you've ever watched any of the deleted scenes from Episode Three, but there's actually a couple of scenes where um, the rebels are actually starting to get together. Oh, okay. Um, I want Organa, and then who's the the lady from? That's all in white. <laughs> She's Mon Mothma. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're starting that. Yeah, I remember yeah. watching in the yeah they they the actually Clone Wars yeah they and they met together in in um, Revenge of the Sith. There's a couple okay. of deleted scenes that they didn't include. Um, so I think if we I think that she would have ended up with Organas, and it mm-hmm. would be interesting to think about Luke and Leia. They yeah. wouldn't have been unknown to Vader and the Emperor at that time. So it actually would have. I think it would have been difficult for the rebel cause to get up off the ground because right. they would have been. Padme would have been there with them. So. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely yeah. don't think Padme would have stayed with him, and part yeah. of me thinks no. Padme still would have died. <clears throat> um, yeah, I was. It, it, I think I always found it interesting that they chose to say like, "She's healthy. She's just lost the will to live." I'm like, why didn't she just say there was a issue in pregnancy like issue with the birth and that's why she died yeah. like it just seemed weird to go that route i'm sure george lucas wanted to be like oh she's so distraught over darth vader or anakin that she would right can't live but 
a mother who's just had two babies doesn't lose the will to live. Right. No, you're you're absolutely right. I I feel like they did Padme a big disservice by the way yeah. that they treated her in that moment because I don't think that she would have given up. I, I don't think that she was the kind of person that would give up just because her husband or whatever right. the father of her children decided that he wanted to be a bad guy. Yeah. That's right. not who she is. So I, that's always been one of my frustrations with with that for sure. One other thing that I'd considered is would Darth Vader still <clears throat> serve under the Emperor if he beat Obi-Wan? So he's killed Mace Windu. He's killed Count Dooku. Now he's killed Obi-Wan. Is he really going to take... He doesn't have a suit to, that someone made for him for him to rely on. Is he really going to take orders from some old guy who, by the looks of him, can hardly move? You would think that Vader would rise up against Sidious. I think he would have. Because, yeah. I mean, he even talked about it, you know, to Padme. Padme. Yeah. Yeah. And I... And I think, I think if he would have done that, he still would have lost to Sidious. Hmm. I think, I think he would have. Sidious is the Senate, so. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think what we, we don't get to see a whole lot of this is how powerful Sidious is. Right. We get glimpses of it, you know, and I think actually the biggest example we see of his power is when he's destroying all of the ships in exegol yeah you know in rise of skywalker yeah and yeah it feels a little bit far-fetched it feels like okay you just super powered this guy who's never really been that powerful but again the idea of doesn't matter how big or small something is it's just your understanding of how to do it i mean that's what yoda told luke right so again i I think that sidious still would have beaten him and um it would have he would have been his servant anyways yeah because i think uh, that actually even happened in a comic i remember reading that a comic each other yeah that's that vader decides that he's not gonna that he's so mad about the whole situation with padme dying and and losing the kids that he actually gets so yeah, fed up with familiar it was but just the on ends up killing him. it was the comic was mm-hmm. like uh, you okay. can like see the different pages yeah, because oh, okay. Insidious yeah. like electrocutes him and is right. like, uh, okay. "How did you really think you could overpower me or something?" Right. Because I think, but for, for how him in his suit. Yeah, that's true. It's true. He's I, so reliant on his suit. Like it's it. You think it's so? armor, but it is like okay. So this is what I didn't know. So I'm like, before we do this, I'm, before we did this, I'm like, I'm gonna find out a little bit of information here on the suit. You know, like what kind of. Um, things it does and stuff like that so i go to wikipedia oh my word the amount of information <laughs> the amount the amount of fictional information there right. is on this suit based off of i'm guessing encyclopedias and comics and books and everything like that it is just pages and pages and pages of or i guess it's paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of information <laughs> on the suit the si- systems it has in it the sensors it has in it there's like uh, eight paragraph section on just the helmet alone and but they talk about it as like it's not they don't call it uh they basically call it a life sustaining armor mm-hmm. so like he wouldn't be able to live without it 
Right. He inhaled so much smoke when he was on Mustafar that it damaged his internal organs. So that's why he has to have the breathing apparatus. Um, and then there's like all these sensors. Obviously, he doesn't have either of his arms or his legs. So all those, um, and he's got, he has to have sensors attached to him. And he's got all these needles in it. And they go on to say that like the suit was an old suit. It was outdated. They stopped making that kind of suit. But Palpatine put him in that suit specifically to have control over him. The suit doesn't allow a lot of movement. He can't lift, lift his hands above his head. He can't like even survive without the suit. And it's painful. It's got all these needles in it um, that like poke in him to keep him alive. And then tubes that go from the suit inside of his body. All this stuff. Um, so if you have like an hour and a half to spare, <laughs> go to Wikipedia and read about the suit. It's a crazy how much information they have. Um, but all that because all that Palpatine put him in that suit specifically because he knew that Vader would constantly be in pain, would constantly be in agony. He would be alone. He like, he's always like, he's got this, he's like, there's always a barrier between him and the world and yeah, everything else. So it's like quiet. He can only, and he's just him and his thoughts, you know what I mean? Um, and so Palpatine's goal was to like make him angry and angry. And all he has is his anger mm-hmm. and hate to feed on. And it makes him a better Sith, right? which makes sense. Right. So would it have been different if he didn't have a suit, he could fight better. He could, I don't know. He wouldn't have the same type of things holding him back. The suit did do some things for him. Um, which we might get into later, but yeah, it would be interesting to see a battle between them because mm-hmm. you really just think like in a new hope, you think of Darth Vader as just like a lap dog basically for Tarkin, right? Tarkin's in charge. And then, and then the second one and the third one, you just think the Palpatine's in charge and sending Vader to do his dirty work. Um, but it'd be interesting to see Vader without his suit. If he would be more confident and stuff like that. In his powers. Interesting. Yeah. See, I think that he would still be loyal to the Empire if he mm. didn't need the suit. Um, because I think he thought the Republic betrayed him. And that Which the Jedi's think? are responsible yeah. for all of his heartache. And so... I mean, that's uh, that's me operating under the assumption, which for the first question, like, I think Padme still would have died. Because... Mm. He still was evil. Right. Um, and so I think that he blamed being a Jedi and their like rules about love and not letting him be a master and all of that stuff. Um, he blamed them for all of the bad in the world. And he did what Palpatine said when he wasn't in the suit. Right. Um, so. I still think he would have been loyal to the Empire because he had no other choice. Yeah. No, I agree. I think he would have been loyal. I And I think, too, um, I think the the reason that he's as power. I don't think that he would have been as powerful without the suit. And here's my reason why. Because he was so torn between the light side and the dark side. Jedi and Sith and Republic and Rebellion or Republican and Separatists. He was so torn through everything, you know, that he couldn't do well or do as well as he could. Mm. You know, he he wasn't able to live up his, to his potential 
because he was so torn and conflicted. Right. Where was he the most powerful? Where do we see him the most powerful? When he was focused on something. When you see him... Focused. <laughs> not, not just the men, but the women and right. the children too. Um, and when you know he takes the Jedi Temple and when he... He's he has a singular focus, right? And that is that's when he is his most powerful, you know. And so, I don't think that without the suit, without having that pain, without having that agony, and and the constant knowledge that you've failed, you know, right. Padme and your your family, <clears throat> without that those constant reminders from the suit he wouldn't have had that anger and the, mm. the sadness and everything that gave him focus. And he's like, okay, well I'm down this, <laughs> I dug this hole and I'm in it. Right. It's a lot easier just to keep digging down versus yeah. trying to get out. And so I think that that's really what he did. Um, and I think we talked about this before. I'd love to see him go from the whiny kind of lap dog that he is in Revenge of the Sith to the big bad that he was portrayed as in Rogue One. Right. And as people do fear him all through the original trilogy, because at so you had, I think it'd be interesting to have a series to kind of see him do that. Yeah. You know, at, well, I know like after Revenge of the Sith, the Emperor used him like he hunted down Jedi. Right. And I'm sure that would change you. Like right. hunting down your old friends and masters and just having to face them one by one and kill them right that would make you that would probably get like that would build your reputation and dull your uh i don't know how to say it but like basically it would make you feel like a worse person right yeah when i think you know this this whole mental exercise of trying to think about vader without a suit was so difficult for me because vader before was just whiny Anakin, right <laughs> you know um so to try to think of him becoming who he was by rogue one or episode four was just really hard to kind of visualize right. because it feels like so much of you know, so much of his mystique and his aura of this you know powerful being did come from the suit from this mask from this face you can't right. see from you know this you know Almost a thing versus a person. Right. So that <clears throat> leads me to my next question. Would people and the Empire, or I mean the uh, entire galaxy, take Vader as serious without his suit? And even viewers, would viewers take him as seriously without a suit? Because you see this... It's kind of like when Kylo took his mask off. And you're like, really? That's Kylo Ren? Like, <laughs> right. What a loser. <laughs> Baby face. Long like, hair. I love his hair, but what a loser. <laughs> How does he fit that hair into that mask? That's what I want to know. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. But it's, it's always like, so quaff. I'm going to say it out. comes out feathered and lethal. <laughs> feathered and lethal. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Episode seven and a half. Feathered and lethal. <laughs> I watch that. Yeah, I definitely would watch that. So. But. My question back to that question is how many people knew that Darth Vader was Anakin? Yeah, that's that's a good point as well. Because, because oh go ahead. ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Matt, you go. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> because I Don't was talk. just I defer no, to, I defer to Molly. <laughs> I concur. Cuz I was just thinking like 
If people knew it was Anakin in the suit, then they probably would have taken him the same seriousness until he proved himself whether he had the suit or not. Um, Like, right. people who were on the dark side were like, oh, well, you're just Anakin. And then he had to keep proving himself as Darth Vader. Like, no, I'm no longer that kid. I'm Darth Vader now. I don't know if this makes sense what I'm saying. I just wonder, yeah. like, did the suit make people take him seriously because they didn't know it was Anakin and they were like, we've heard of Palpatine talk about his powerful apprentice, Darth Vader, and here he is and he looks kind of scary and we don't know it's yeah. Anakin. I don't know. Right. That was just yeah, something no, that I was sense. spinning around. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but like a lot of people might not know that Anakin was Darth Vader, especially because of how people talk about them as two different people. Even Palpatine himself, when he's talking to in Empire Strikes Back, when he's talking to uh vader he says i have no doubt this is the offspring of anakin mm -hmm. skywalker mm -hmm. he didn't say your offspring he said right. anakin skywalker right so there's no place that i think that the words anakin and darth vader would be associated with each other right when you gotta i'm trying to think of two through revenge of the sith how i was just i was trying to remember back to that to the movie and how much um was communicated about um, what happened at the Jedi Temple and everything? Because I think you know Obi Wan, movie? Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay. Um, because I think Obi Wan and, and Yoda were there, obviously, and they changed the transmission so that nobody came back to the temple. Oh, no, right. the Jedi right. came back. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until after he changed the 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 signal or the message, and then he's you know he said, "I just I have to look." Right. You know. Um, so and Yoda and Yoda already knew at that point, right? Yoda knew, um, and and so Obi Wan needed to be needed have confirmation. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to know how many, how much of the communication was sent out to the remaining Jedi that that Anakin, Anakin was Darth, was Darth Vader. Vader. Yeah. Um, because you don't. I mean, after that. Yoda goes to Sidious and Obi-Wan goes to Mustafar. Mm -hmm. um, so, but they could have said a quick text. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a galaxy-wide text. Yeah. Um, I always think of, there's a cell phone commercial. It's like one of those like very value, like value cell phone companies. Right. They're like, now that I have consumer wireless, I can send a quick text. It's like, <laughs> they've only been around for 25 years just the way she says it i can send a quick text like can you send slow text as well long texts are you allowed well, it's, consumer wireless it probably is slow because it's on 3g it opens up the text bubble and it like starts counting down for like five seconds like, oh hello hello bye uh, i just want to send a quick test no anyways that's not related so. no <laughs> but communication is key it is yeah yoda and obi-wan could have sent out a message to all the jedi saying hey heads up right in case you missed it yeah <laughs> anakin is darth vader right and he's coming for you right. but i don't but i but even I... after but i think at that point they were um they, I, I think that they were thinking that we'll keep this to ourselves right obi-wan obi-wan's gonna go take care of it you know like Yoda tells him, you know what you have to do. You know how you can get there, you know. And, and Obi-Wan's like, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Right, right. And so... That's what Ben said. 
<laughs> Didn't Obi-Wan say that too? I don't think so. Just Kylo. I thought that... Okay. Okay. Obi-Wan Maybe. says... I can't I will, face him. I will I do what I must. Yeah. And he says, you will try. <laughs> Backflip. <laughs> um, and doesn't Obi-Wan erase the footage? Oh, does he? I don't know if he, I can't remember if he does or not. I was thinking he did. He may have. Because I think you're right that they were like, we're going to go take care of it. So we're going to keep it to ourselves. Someone... I was thinking he erased it. Are you saying that he erased it? He wasted it. From the archive archive memory. Memory. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing? Yes. <laughs> Yoda's like, what are you doing? And Obi-Wan's like, I'm erasing it. <laughs> um, and Yoda's like, uh, too soon. That kid, that kid just died. <laughs> he just died. <laughs> Liam the Shades. Oh, Liam's not here anymore. <laughs> Did you ever see those, um, like theories before rise of skywalker came out or mm-hmm. the second one i guess that that was snoke the little kid the little kid that said yeah. they erased it from the archive memory that he grew yeah. up to be snoke <laughs> could be Random from the <laughs> he was just cloned so i think he's actually one of the caminos Kaminoans. <laughs> yeah, them too. With the long necks. Yeah, because he had a, didn't he? No, he didn't have a long neck. And a million more well on the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is our prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Um, anyways, so we, th- Molly, when Matt was talking about, um, or when we were both talking about sending out a quick text, you were about to say something. We think oh, she I think said it that. was just about that they were that I think he erased it. I, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I don't think that they wanted anybody to know that it was yeah, Anakin. I yeah, I can't remember if they erased it or not. But. Which would be on par with how the Jedi handled this whole yeah. prequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So it probably, probably it did. Yeah, hide it. Keep yeah. it covered up. Don't let anyone know that we can't sense the Sith Lord. Right. I'm like, yeah. dude. Like, so let someone know. <laughs> it's Mace just is like, such an idiot. It's just like, like Dumbledore knowing. That Sirius Black is his, you know, godfather and is like, he's right. going to kill you, Harry. And then at the end, he's like, just kidding. I knew the whole time. He's a good guy. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's good. <laughs> you have to figure it out on your own. <laughs> hey, Mara, did you put your name in the cupboard of fire? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a TikTok where it's like, it's like, uh, book Dumbledore. It's like. Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? It's movie Dumbledore. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a little more intense. Yeah, in the movie. When I, it's funny that you bring up Harry Potter because I, I was thinking that like Anakin slash Vader is the ultimate Slytherin. Like he's willing to do whatever uh, it takes. Okay. Yeah, to you know like. All of the the means justify the ends, you mm-hmm. know. Like, yeah, because if that's going to be like your your primary Slytherin trait, but I you know, the ends was that he saves Padme, yeah, and then he doesn't save Padme, and that is now his fuel, his anger fuel to keep being bad. I thought his sacrifice was to be bad so he could save Padme, but he keeps being bad. But I think it was always in him because he like. Padme. I see what the problem is here. Sorry. Padme <laughs> is still. Quick commercial break. <laughs> yeah. This thing's falling off the bed. <laughs>
So oh. for those of you listening out there, <laughs> this is a commercial for Consumer Wireless. <laughs> We'll be sending a quick text to you soon. <laughs> a quick text. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. And we're back to our regular scheduled program. And we're back. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, what were you saying? Well, it's just um, when <laughs> another Jimmy Fallon reference there. Which one? When, well, when Jimmy Fallon does the this whole scene with Obi Wan and oh, Anakin. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, like I think about it, some cup holders installed. He's about like this big, or maybe this big, and he's like choking Padme. Did you get mustard on my on my cloak? You have done that yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like he talks to Padme and to Obi Wan about you know taking over the Empire, making mm-hmm. it their own, and they that's a reference back to. Um, clone. The clone, Attack, of the Attack of the Clones, where you know you need to have one powerful person and that sort of thing, right? And so I think for him, you're right. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think there's also the side of him that really craved. What was my point? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so long. <ago. laughs> that, well, that, you... that that the end was to save Padme. Oh, oh right, 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 right. Which right. I think that was a part of it, but I think you know, and maybe this is getting a little bit too deep into it and you know, reading too much into it. But it's like I also think that he was a little bit of lying to himself that that's that was the mm-hmm. end. I think he also really just lusted for power. Oh, yeah. For sure. You know, like, he that's what he wanted. He wanted power and control, and the way that it manifested that with his in his love interest with Padme was to keep her from death. Right. Um, which does, it feels right, but then it played out in a much more sinister way after she was out of the picture. Right. You know. Well, it's so. just like the Amish right <laughs> wow <laughs> i would like to see this parallel <laughs> so they're raised in very very strict rules you know gotta dress this way no electricity right. blah, blah 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 then when you're then your whole life you're like oh i wish i could do this i wish i could do this mm-hmm. and like from a very young age anakin they kidnap him i mean they free him right and they take him from his home <clears throat> and they take him out into space and they put him in front and this world that's a city and put him in front of these people who are supposed to judge him and they give him a test and he passes every question correctly and they're like no you're not gonna be trained you miss your mom like yeah he's nine years old he's gonna miss his mom (laughs) right and they're like no you can't have those feelings right and then no you can't love anybody no you can't do this you can't do this and then in in namish when you get to 16 you can go in rumspringa and then you do everything, mm-hmm. right? Because your whole life you've wanted to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So finally, Anakin is at a certain age, and Palpatine's like, "Well, you know, if you come to the dark side, I'll let you do all that stuff you couldn't do with the Jedi, and you'll have so much more fun." And we're gonna smoke crack cocaine, <laughs> <laughs> read about Plagueis the Wise, yes. <laughs> and so I don't know. It's just like his whole life he was told all these things he can't do. Even like even his teachers are like, I feel like they don't encourage him. They're just like, mind your feelings. You can't feel that. You can't think that. You can't do that. Right. And then Palpatine's like, here, let me show you what you let me show you what you can do here. Right. Yeah. And so he just goes crazy. Well, well, I think Palpatine was, and I thought this was so interesting when Dave Filoni talked about this, um, about the duel of fates. Yeah. That whole scene because. And how that had a ripple effect throughout the entire story because the whole that whole fight was really about who was going to be training Anakin. Anakin. Right. 
you know, because Qui-Gon would have trained him, it would have been right, different. Yeah. Right. Because Qui-Gon was ready to, he was ready to show love. He was ready to be that father figure. He was ready to be everything that he knew Anakin needed. And he wasn't stuck in the way that the Jedi thought that they needed to do mm-hmm. things. Yeah. He was the rebel rouser. Yeah. But he was also like an actual, like a guy with a heart. Right. You know, like everything that, that, the Jedi say they're supposed to be about having compassion and about having, uh, about doing the right thing. Yeah, they. I think that that was true, but they had a very, at least at that point in time, they had a very poor understanding of how that was supposed to be done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because... Even just think of this nine-year-old boy in front of you that you just took from his home and you're like, no, he will not be trained. Well, what's Qui-Gon supposed to do then? Right. It's like, okay, I'll put him back in slavery. Right. <laughs> like, what like they just had like no compassion it felt like right they and i agree and i think that that you know ultimately the way the jedi handled anakin and the way that they treated him they almost treated him as this tool to use well yeah for sure they were scared of him i think mace was scared of him i think mace was like this guy's gonna take my place he's gonna be really a great jedi and so we have to squash his. I don't. I view it as like a teacher is scared of a gifted kid in their class hmm. because they don't really want the kid that, to be what. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. Oh well, I think I interrupted you, but just like what's that? <laughs> just like you interrupted now, right? Okay. <laughs> you don't, don't want like, me, please. There are teachers that can get scared of gifted kids because they don't right. want the kid to like outshine the teacher. But right. then good teachers are like that's fine. I'm going to encourage your giftedness. And that's how I view Anakin. He was like a gifted kid and Mace was embarrassed or scared that he was going to be shown up by a nine-year-old. I think that and the fact, I think he was scared that they would be, that Anakin would be powerful enough that they couldn't control him Mm -hmm. like they had done with other Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I, I didn't necessarily think about Mace being, or Mace or Yoda or any of the council being afraid that they would out that he would outshine them i think it came down to control and wanting him to do what they told him to do yeah instead of being somebody that was actually able to speak his thoughts and things like that because like and and, and i'm not saying that he was ready either because i don't think that he i think there's a reason they had a good reason for him to not be on the council because he didn't have the experience and and things like that to really speak wisdom in there yet so the fact that he was on there i think is why he didn't get the master level because he hadn't earned that sort of thing so i think that was right but with every in the context of how they uh in the context of doing that even though it was the right decision palpatine knew that and understood how it played out in anakin's mind i think that that's ultimately what it was palpatine continued to use every opportunity that jedi gave him to his advantage yeah and they were they were always two or three steps behind, yeah. and every decision that they made ended up just playing right into yeah. Palpatine's hand. So, and I'm not. I was. I mean, it kind of reminded me again going back to the Amish. I'm not saying that what they do is wrong, right? Like ha- they're trying to set boundaries and set rules, just like every parent. You hear of a lot of like, not a lot. You hear of like divorced parents where like one is like the fun one and one is the rule one. You right. know what I mean? It's like. Because one is trying to be like, oh, I'm the fun parent. You want to be with me. And the other one's like still trying to like maintain 
boundaries and rules and they come off as like the mean parent um, or even not divorced, like in regular family life, one right. wants to be the fun parent, one wants to be the one wants the rules. Right. Um, and so, yes, you do have to have the rules to have an order. Um, so I don't know. The Jedi just lack the compassion. I thought the rules are fine. You, can, you need to have rules. It's just you also have to have love and compassion. And for some reason, the Jedi are like, no, Jedi cannot have those things. Right. You squash those feelings. Right. And I think I, I was just gonna say I think. Molly, I think you hit it on the head with the control. I think a lot of it comes down to they weren't able, they didn't feel like they were going to be able to control him. And again, I think for me, that's where it kind of, they continue to use him as a tool. You can, you can, if you have a hammer, you control the hammer. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a tool that you can use. You know, it's not like the hammer is going to all of a sudden smack you in the face. Right. Um, but with him, who's a powerful tool that was on their side, but they continue to fear him being out of control. And it's not necessarily that it was unfounded, but they never helped him in it. Right. Like, like again, it comes back to that teacher, Molly, is like you see a gifted student and a lot of them do have behavioral issues and things like that because either they're bored or, right. you know, they can't, they're not thinking on the same level as the rest of the class. And you have to be able to recognize that and bring it and and bring them the education and the training in order to deal with that. And right. nobody, Obi-Wan didn't have the experience to do it. Yoda and Mace didn't do it for whatever reason. Qui-Gon, I, I do think, you know, I never really thought about Qui-Gon being as integral to Anakin as until yeah. Dave Filoni brought it up. Right, yeah. I I thought, never... But I think there's a lot of truth in that. When you look at how Qui-Gon has always been portrayed as this, father figure mm-hmm. he understood compassion he understood what it meant to take care of a person to love a person yeah or whatever and i and i think that that really made the difference i think ultimately it ended up anakin being vader yeah all obi-wan's fault just like luke said in the last jedi i don't understand i don't remember luke saying that he talks about it was a Jedi that trained Darth Vader. Oh. When he's talking about the hubris of the Jedi. Anyways, go ahead, Molly. Oh, I just don't understand why the Jedi are always like, you can't love, blah, blah, blah. But, like, masters and apprentices always love each other. So, like, what's the difference between Obi-Wan being like, you were my brother, Anakin? Like, that's love. What's the difference between that and even, loving a female? Like, Yeah. I think even, like, their relationship... Like, Obi-Wan's feelings towards Anakin as, like, a brother, I think even that was, like, no. Like, that's too much of a, like, a um, commitment or relationship. Like, yes, a master and apprentice are supposed to have, like, a respect for each other, like a teacher-student respect. But they're not, like, they're not brothers and they're not friends. They're Mm -hmm. a teacher-student. But you don't think, like, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon were that way? I didn't. I don't think so. Yeah, I never really got that. Not the same vibe as as Obi-Wan and Anakin. And Obi-Wan did, like, kind of break the rules a little bit. I mean, he had Satine, Duchess Satine, as, like, a, ma- a major love interest for him. Him and her. Like, at one point, he says he would leave the Jedi Order for her. Um, so, I mean, he was also, like, struggling with his own issues with that as well. Uh, with love and stuff like that. 
that but, in the Clone Wars? That is in the Clone Wars, yeah. Yeah. yeah so um there's something else you said i forget um yeah i don't know how do we get on this i was trying to trace it back because we were talking about vader and, and his suit and his suit this episode is about vader without his suit <laughs> and we're talking about the f- reason the jedi failed <laughs> somehow well, we always comes back to about, that we were talking about whether or not people knew that the right. suited Vader was Anakin or not. Right. Yeah. I think that's what led us to this. Right. Um, well, some things that I found out about Vader's suit, we were talking about if he was more powerful with or without the suit. Right. So, obviously, we talked about the suit giving him, like, lack of motion and extreme pain all the time. But the suit also, I found out in the many paragraphs <laughs> of Wikipedia. The many scrolling. Yes. <laughs> this is just a couple things I picked out. So, the suit had night and thermal vision. Nice. So, in Rogue One, that scene was completely dark hallway. He can see just fine. Um, there was extra strength that could be, like, controlled. Um, he could have more or less control. He had, like, some, like, mouth control. Um, so, that was, like, in his mouth, and he could control parts of the suit with his mouth. Huh. Um, which is interesting. Um, and so, he could, like, it's, like, augmented muscles. I don't know how to describe it, but... Um, lifting the emperor over his head with one hand and throwing him down a pit. He probably couldn't do that without the suit. Um, I his... don't know about you, but I can do that. <laughs> While being electrocuted, though? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I also found out his boots are magnetic. So he can like be on ship's hulls and stuff like that. And he can survive in space for a short period of time in his suit. Nice. Um, now, this was one that I didn't know about. Oh, here's another one. Homeostasis. Which I guess is like climate, not climate, temperature controlled, like inside the suit. Homeostasis isn't isn't that the general term of just being the same, of staying the same? So maintaining whatever is the current status quo. Yeah. So I guess that means that no matter the temperature outside, the suit is always the same temperature. So he could be on Hoth or Tatooine and still be cool as a cucumber. Nice. Always 72 <laughs> degrees. But it's probably, since Palpatine made it, it's probably like always like 78 degrees. <laughs> He's like just like barely sweating. Yeah, it's like beads of sweat on his head constantly. <laughs> just constantly sweating a little bit. So yes. like whenever, that's why he's always taking those uh, baths or yeah, bath in, that, tanks, yeah. in that big soccer ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, in his meditation chamber. <laughs> so from what I'm like, like watching videos and doing some research i don't think he can survive like those meditation chambers like completely seal they're specially made they're not just like small rooms for him to meditate in they like seal and he can like survive in there without his helmet on um but like when that thing opens which is weird because in empire strikes back they walk and you see his head but and then it's like already open a little bit and then it opens up more but he's holding his breath yeah (laughs) Like spins around. <laughs> he completely loses people's. Admiral fear. Pian is like he's been holding his breath for seven minutes. And then the guy pinches his nose. Like, Are you trying to kill me? <laughs> That's a friend's reference. Um, okay, here's another thing I found out. His his gloves are laser proof and lightsaber proof. Oh. 
So we're saying that that wasn't the force. I right. think that's based on the Empire Strikes Back. Right. Okay. This is just like it's written out. Go read it on Wikipedia. It I says would that they're laser proof. All like a lot of parts are made out of Duraseal, and some of it is like flexible Duraseal th- thread in with um. What do they call it? They didn't call it vibranium. <laughs> no. What's the Mandalorian? Did they pick stuff? it up at the Home Depot? <laughs> What's did they the spray it on stuff? a boat? <laughs> so is that, that, is that real? Is that steel? Yeah, it's that metal that's like bulletproof. Right. Whatever. Titanium. Like, like no. Phasma has. Platinum. Yes. No, it's made up for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Unobtainium. Unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Oh, man. Somebody let us know in a five-star review what the Mandalorian <laughs> metal is. Anyways, they call it the Mandalorian. It's like thread into his armor to make it blaster-proof. Um, so when Han fires at him, he stops the bullet with his hands. False. Not the force. He doesn't absorb it with the force. <laughs> he stops it because his gloves are bullet proof. Best car. Yes. But when I was reading on Wikipedia, they don't call it best car. They call it Mandalorian metal or something like that. Anyways. So they're not as smart as I am. Yeah. So. I invented best car. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that was some interesting. That was just a small, tiny, tiny bit of interesting facts about his suit. Um, so, on the idea of him being powerful with or without it, I thought it it depends what your definition of powerful is. Like more or less power. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, is he a C battery or a D battery? Like so like. Volt. A nine Wouldn't volt. that be funny if they just had to like take out like the back of it and then it's like just like inserted like D cell batteries? One, two, three. We're like you slide it into like a yeah. <laughs> We're at a D. He's just like oh. one scene he's like carrying a car battery. <laughs> they were out of D's at Radio Shack. Oh darn it! It's a nine volt battery. It was one of those um. circular batteries. It's forty eight. <laughs> 2032 watch batteries stacked on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, cuz I was thinking like I feel like he he's a little less powerful in the suit just because it reminds him of his woundedness. Mm-hmm. Um kind of like what you're talking about like he's constantly just thinking about his failures and Padme, Padme's death and that this is what caused her death and all that stuff. But then I thought in some ways he's more powerful. He re- keeps his place of power because by having the suit, he's more commanding when he's there. Because the suit is so, um, like, um, visually commanding. Mm-hmm. And his, mm-hmm. um, like, voice is so commanding in right. the suit. And he's scary in the suit. Yeah. So, it's like, it kind of depends what your, like, version of power is. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess it helps that it's, like, laser-proof and light lightsaber-proof. But... Um, I was just thinking about like the people like Tarkin was probably more scared of him because the suit is kind of scary. Right. Yeah, for sure. You don't know um, the psycho underneath, you know? Yeah. And the anonymity of it. Yeah. Right. Just like Kylo and his, when he hit the voice, you know, of Kylo Ren is a lot scarier than the voice of Kylo Ren without his helmet. Right. And how he looks right. with it is much scarier than how he looks without it. So it's just, his is just for looks though. Right. I do have to say though, the, when it gets welded back together with 
the red veining that's pretty ba yeah but when he in force awakens when he comes down that ramp for the first time with like that huge hood on and you like like just barely see his mask like man this is like the coolest guy star wars ever invented and then like an hour later you're like what (laughs) it's like such a baby under there (laughs) (laughs) yeah it'd be i think that they you know that anonymity it's always adds a layer of fear mm-hmm. um because i remember i remember when we this first watched signs mm-hmm. you know and like you only get to see small glimpses of the aliens mm-hmm. and everything and that is like enough right you know like and and to not know exactly what they look like it's like once you and, see the whole thing you're like less scared of it right yeah right and so i think that and so I think that movie loses a lot of its power at the end when you get to see the whole thing and right. we don't have to get into it. But my point is, is that I think it would be interesting for, I think the re- one of the reasons that Vader stayed such a powerful commanding villain throughout the entire trilogy was because you really only ever saw the scarred back of his head. That's right. really the only human feature you ever see of him until he's dying right you know and you finally see him so i think you know it'd be if you would take some of these things that we're talking about with vader i think that that's one of the big differences with kylo ren is that it's not needed so why do you do it because you're trying to create this imposing figure he was right. trying to copy vader right i mean we we you learn that but i do think that when I mean, you realize that it's not necessary somehow that that loses the intimidation factor which is interesting yeah so the Mm -hmm. fact that (laughs) the fact that vader is a handicap and has the suit on makes him more powerful and intimidating than kylo ren who's wearing a suit just to try and be more intimidating yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah Yeah. so it's just kind of an interesting you know dichotomy there Mm -hmm. like if i thought of it just like bane like Bane is terrifying because of his right. little thing over his face and his like right. weird voice and um and then you find out that the like real villain is that lady and she's not right. as scary to me. Yeah. Well like Bane is like terrifying. Right. And I feel like that's Vader. Like Vader and Bane are the same kind of scariness because right. you can't Bane see their whole needs face his thing. And, yeah. Bane needs it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting how needing to have whatever well, you, you know, contraption. Through, yeah, you went through some big ordeal to need this thing that's like ugly, but like you're like scared of it. You know what I mean? Right. Knowing that, like, you don't need that. I don't know. So I wonder what kind of what does that say about? I mean, maybe this is probably getting real philosophical, but what does that say about human nature? That the idea that somebody is now. <laughs> Um, handicapped in some way that they need to have this thing that that makes them more scary or in these in yeah. these situations is that is that the case in real life or is that just the case in these sort of fantasy superhero s yeah it's hard to know? tell because it's like a villain like if you like if you like saw somebody in a grocery store on their little like scooter collecting groceries <laughs> and at the end they just like walk off you're like wow what yeah a, but what if a you loser they don't even need that scooter thing that's for people with that have like wheelchairs and stuff that need those. Right. You know. But if you saw somebody in a wheelchair that instead of having their like 
like I think if if I needed to have like oxygen, like if I need to have oxygen when I get older, I'm just gonna have a full on Vader mask. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you just imagine, it. yeah. Like, can you imagine <laughs> if somebody's in a wheelchair and they have the little tank in the back and right. and they're wearing a Vader mask? Isn't that a lot more intimidating than just having this tube that goes over your ears, yeah, and through your nose? Well, yeah. I think it's because as humans, how we read other people is facial expression. Ex- yeah. Facial expression, like. Body language is so important. And so when you can't see somebody's full face, it's it's unsettling because right. you can't tell what they're thinking or like... Especially the eyes. Yeah. But even like I think about it even with the masks that are on right now, like people just look more... Like I think about my students, they just look more... Not angry, but like I can't tell how they're feeling because right. their masks are on. And so it like puts an extra level of unsettlingness. Um, and I think like with Vader, you never see his whole face. And so right. you're just like, I never know what this guy is thinking. You can't see where the eyes are. You never know if he's coming for you because you can't tell if he's looking at you. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I don't even think that that's different. It's, and I think it even comes down to how the actors portrayed their character. Mm-hmm. Because you watch The Mandalorian, again, another person that mm-hmm. has a mask on. Mm-hmm. And, but it's very interesting to see how, you know, the tilt of a head or the a certain pause or a certain kind of, you know, like, you know, turning or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I give major props to, I forget the guy's name is playing The Mandalorian. Pablo Picasso. <laughs> Pablo Escobar? <laughs> no <laughs> i think it is pablo though no pablo. i um hidalgo <laughs> but all that to say i think that you know he pedro pascal there you go yep <laughs> i feel like First i feel try. i feel it was inter- what's different between the way that the mandalorian is portrayed by pedro pascal is that it's almost like indiana jones with a mandalorian mask on right you know mm-hmm. kind of you know he has like these little jokes and things like that, right. you know, and, but then like Darth Vader is like this serious, like right. there's nothing <laughs> in this world that is like funny or right. light, you know, everything is, you know, dark and right. Yeah. So it, it's how the characters carried themselves and it, yeah. yeah, it's funny because watching Kylo Ren, I'm like, I don't want to see him without the mask. I only want to see Kylo Ren with the mask on. But the whole time watching The Mandalorian, I'm like, take off the mask. I want to see your face. I want to see what you look like. You know what I mean? Um, and but you don't like, yeah, you don't. You, I didn't see him as frightening, but maybe people. I mean, I guess because I knew he was a good guy. But right, yeah. But he didn't yeah. need his mask either. Right. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's getting late, so a couple quick. We'll go through this real quick. Real life experiences with Vader. Okay. Wait, All what? of this that we talked about so far basically <laughs> was like in Galaxy Vader, right? Okay. In real life, how much of Star Wars success do you think is from the Vader outfit? Like me and you talked about, and we've talked about on the podcast before, John Williams made Star Wars so successful because his music was so good. Sure. Um, but how much did Vader have to do with how successful the movie was? Mm-hmm. Um, which I tried to like do a little bit of research on like basically that question like how much did vader have to do with how successful the movie was but then it came down to like 
A New Hope. Vader really wasn't in it a whole lot in A New Hope, but he right. was still like, he's one of the most iconic people out there. I was trying to think of other like images that would be as iconic. And then I thought of like, well, Iron Man, Spider-Man's mask, like all these masks are pretty like, you could go anywhere in the world almost and people would recognize those same things. Um, so what was it about? What, what did... What do you guys think? Did Vader have a lot to do with the success of the first movie? Because that was the one that was like most like, oh wow, like unex- unexpected success. Right. No, I think it did. I think to be able to create a villain that doesn't have to be on the screen that often, but is when but when they are on the screen is commanding and imposing and you know that they're a bad guy. Yeah. You know, like, and and not to say that, like, if you think about A New Hope, too, like, Tarkin, the guy who plays Tarkin, also did a very good job of, like, he's a sleazeball. Right. Like, you knew that. Yeah. Um. So, I think that, I think, for me, part of the success, I think this is true in a lot of these kind of movies, that these, the the movie is only as good as the villain is good. So I think A New Hope had two very good villains in Tarkin and Vader. Mm-hmm. And so what that did is it brings up the the value of the hero. Yeah. If the villain is, is way up here and is played really well, then that means that the heroes have to also reach that level. And if they are able to reach that level, then you have a really good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think the same thing with like, Spider-Man, like the first two Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. part of the reason that they're so good is because um, the Green Goblin was like, he was like a sinister, crazy dude, right? Like, and so he helped bring Spider-Man up in that right. sense. Same thing with Doc Ock. Like he, it was, again, another good villain. Right. So if you think about these good um, movies superhero movies I would th- are the easiest ones to see where you have clear villains and heroes. Right. Also why the Dark Knight series is so good. Like especially mm-hmm. the second and third one. Right. Especially mm-hmm. the second one. Yeah. Because of the Joker. The Joker. Yeah. yeah. You have this I mean you have this Oscar winning performance by Heath Ledger as a <laughs> as a comic book villain. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. to look back at like the original Joker. Like as, well I'm thinking of in the movies. I didn't read any of the comic book, but the Joker is like laughably stupid. Right. Yeah. And like, the like he's a, almost Batman's. a joke. Right. Yeah. And here he's just Yeah. He's trying to create chaos. Yeah. That was new. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about how you guys um were talking about John Williams a couple weeks ago and just like the hokiness of like Lex Luthor mm-hmm. in some of the I think this was you guys talking about it. Yeah, when we were talking um, about Superman. Yeah, you were yeah. talking about Superman. And right. just, yeah. like, kind of hokey the bad guys were in right. those movies in the same time as Star Wars, you know, in the 70s and 80s. And I just don't think there were really any bad guys like this. I felt mm. like bad guy. I feel like in older movies, bad guys are kind of portrayed as dopes, yeah. um, especially when it comes into sci-fi because it's based off of comic books. And I feel like in comic books, a lot of times, like I said, like, the, the bad guys are kind of sort of hokey um and mm-hmm. like that's fine but i just don't think that any bad guy was portrayed with such anonymity mm-hmm. where it's like we've never 
like I just wonder in you know the 70s had there ever been really a strong villain who you knew nothing about you can't see any part of him right and he has this weird breathing which is like kind of terrifying and in the first three minutes he chokes a guy to death right Mm -hmm. you know and so it's just so like I think the suit made him so, like I said before, visually distinct and commanding that when he was on screen, especially from A New Hope, the beginning, because the whole ship was white, and then he's this, like, very commanding black suit, so so much contrast. Right. And I think that that just adds to, like, who is this guy? I have to know more. I have to figure out why he's so evil, why he's so mean. And Yeah, I was actually looking up, like, top villain movie villains of the 70s earlier today and yesterday and like a lot of them are like um i mean most of them are like just like creepy like damien from the omen Mm -hmm. um some nurse from one flew over the cuckoo's nest Mm -hmm. um and just like a lot of like strange but nobody like that like same like not someone on that same level actually a lot of the lists that I was finding from the 70s didn't include Darth Vader as a top villain. But when you got to the 80s, a lot of them did include Darth Vader, Darth mm-hmm. Vader because he's such a... I mean, in Empire Strikes Back, he's like... He's bad right. in mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, he's like, what? You forgot to turn the coffee machine on? Yeah. <laughs> Choke you to death. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, which, yeah, I did find interesting. But yeah, not a lot of the, the same type of... Yeah. And like, you're right. If it's that sci-fi... The more sci-fi it got, the more strange the villains got. Right. Um, n- strange in a hokey way, not strange yeah. in a creepy, right. um, like makes you not want to watch it way. Right. One, it feels like they're either horror villains. Right. Yeah. Like, like Mike Myers. That was one that kind of yeah. came up too. Yeah. Or they're hokey villains. Right. Whereas like Darth Vader is like this perfect balance of, I'm kind of terrified because he's just like choking people. Right. Right. But also, I'm so intrigued because right. why are you so mean, but you're so calm? And I think, too, it comes to, like, not being able to see the eyes. Like, whenever right. we see, like, horror movie villains, their eyes are all, they got the yeah. crazy eyes. You can't see what but faces he's making. Like, yeah, he he's seems just, so like, calm, cool, and collected. Face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree. Have you guys ever seen a Darth Vader in real life? Yes. Like a six and a half foot tall... Not like a kid Ooh. on Halloween, you know, running around, but like a six foot tall, six and a half foot tall Darth Vader. Well, I saw one at Disney, yeah. so I think it would be pretty accurate. Yeah. Like, did you like walk up and go like, hey man, high five? I or, wasn't able to. He was yeah. too far away. But It's just like, I feel like even if you saw him out of context, you're like, okay, I know Darth Vader's not real. Star Wars isn't real. <laughs> but like, I still am like a little leery of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's in there. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird how like it can, even outside of the, in the real world, how it can still be. And it's just amazing to me to think like somebody like Ralph McQuarrie designed that suit. I mean, with other people's influence as well. But like, what little things did they do or not do that made it that distinctly recognizable mm-hmm. and scary and everything? Is there a way, like, if they made his helmet a different shape, would have been like, oh, he's not that scary. He's just like a weird, you know, dark helmet type of mm-hmm. character. Or, I don't know. It's just interesting how they got it just right. Um, 
and you see like some of these other concept arts of like what Vader could have been. You're like, oh, that looks so stupid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when I think what's interesting about it too, I would say in this, it was actually one of, I was looking at a list of greatest film villains and another one that came up, which would have been around the same time was the alien from aliens. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you think about kind of the same facial structure, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it has the elongated head, but it's off. It's actually very similar. I think part of what is when I think about Vader's mask, I think what's very interesting is kind of the the swooping curves, you know, and then all of a sudden you have this very triangular, you know, yeah. or angular, you know, face, and and mm-hmm. it's I, always it's. it's Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was. It's just very interesting to yeah. to think about. It's always just reminded me of like a skull in like a, a Nazi helmet. I don't know. That's what it's just. Yeah, his mask I, looks like just a, a skull, like without. Yeah. For some reason, it always mm-hmm. reminded me like the triangle at the mm-hmm. end is like where the nose should be. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And then yeah, it's just I don't know. That's just what mm-hmm. I've always thought, mm-hmm. which is scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scary things. um okay i think we'll wrap it up unless you got anything else dad no wasn't i think we pretty much covered everything okay i was thinking oh yeah when you were yeah yeah yeah. i had one more question when Mm. you when you were a kid and you watched star wars for the first time how much of darth vader did you think was human versus robotic because you know obi-wan says He's more machine, machine now, now than, than man. man. Twisted and evil. <laughs> evil. <laughs> um, I didn't know he was a robot. I, I don't know when it hit me, but it, it was probably years after we watched it. You know, like... He was I was really... this old when I realized... <laughs> yeah, I was today years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like... I mean, I don't even remember the first time I saw it, but it doesn't really matter. I just know it took me a long time to realize that when Darth Vader gets his hand cut off... And then Luke looks at his own hand. It's because they both have robotic hands. Yeah. I just thought that Luke looked at his hand and was like, oh, I have a hand and my dad doesn't. And I feel bad. (laughs) He like took it off. He's like, (laughs) So I did not know he was a robot. (laughs) But Luke is like, let me give you a hand. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. (laughs) I don't know that I ever really thought about how much of Vader was a robot. I don't think I've ever... I mean, like, you knew that he had his head. You knew that it wasn't, like, right. his brain floating around in the in the helmet. I thought but... it was just, like, a fish in a bowl of there. <laughs> like a Megamind? Right. Or, or like, the, the little alien from Men in Black that's right. driving the whole, yeah. right, whole, whole body. No, I didn't think anything like that. I just... Um, yeah, I don't. It, I don't know. That I ever necessarily thought about. Okay, How much I wonder if the, I wonder if his right leg is. <laughs> I kind of figured you it, don't know about. You don't right. know what is him and what isn't right. until Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I kind of um, I'm trying to think about how how I would have. I think I would have visualized it similar to like how um, you know, like in I think it's the, the Terminator where sometimes they get pieces. Mm-hmm. blown off right and you see the see it underneath right i kind of i think i kind of visualized it like that almost like a cyborg type thing right. where it wasn't like 
clearly cut off limbs you know i don't think i ever pictured it quite as cleanly as mm. what happened in revenge of the sith it was more like he was frankensteinian in a sense or like the the monster right because mm-hmm. that was a doctor right yeah uh, frankenstein's <laughs> monster yeah yeah so I, I kind of pictured it like that that as as pieces wore out there were the machine right. was okay. put in yeah. yeah so yeah Okay, let's do uh, the Star Wars random fact of the podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. As you wish. All right, so um, this is from Return of the Jedi, and it's about Jabba the Hutt. The slithery noises made when Jabba the Hutt moves were created by Ben Burt running his hands through cheese casserole at first i read that like oh that's really weird but then like i think of like his tail moving and the noise is like i'm like oh, yeah. i don't like that <laughs> i don't like that <laughs> next time you have a Can cheese casserole, a different- <laughs> just stick your hands in there I'm like oh yeah sounds just like java <laughs> oh that like really grosses me out thinking about that sound is it it's kind of like, like whenever you take ground beef and you have to mix it in together yeah, yeah. mm-hmm or stirring craft mac and cheese. Like Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Um it's just like who would think to record that sound? I'm like, oh yeah, I could put that in Star Wars. I could put that in a space opera somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's just, like the stuff that they think to record is just crazy. Well I think too, like do you, uh, at Disney World you can go into that sound booth and you can they have all the props there and you can make the different sounds for a movie. Do you remember doing that, Molly? No. Um, I think it's in MGM or <laughs> okay. it was MGM. But and it's that. it's interesting to watch these sound engineers do the sounds because it's like you know, like a bone crunching is like celery breaking. Right. You know, or you know, like it's just like things that you like walking on gravel is it's actually just like I forget what it is, but it was like wasn't any, it didn't have any stones in it. It was like some organic, like almost like a vegetable or something that oh, they were like okay. crunching. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I see what you're doing, but my brain, but is my brain's saying crunching gravel. Right. But you're like doing right. this, and like and now they alter it, of course, after they record it. But right, but it's still like to know that. I mean, you still have to have that base, right. you know, of, of a sound that needs to be, needs right. to sound real. You need to know what to record. Like, yeah. oh, I think I'll record this. Like, do you just record, like, everything? I I, I think that they do. Yeah. I think like, their job is to just go in and say, okay, you have to get a familiarity with how different sounds yeah. and how different sounds are made and say, okay, I think that this would actually you be. You like, like, play it back to someone who doesn't know what you recorded. Right. Like, what does this sound like to you? Right. And then they'd be like, oh, it sounds like a slug monster shaking his tail. Right. Well, that was my hands and cheese casserole. (laughs) (laughs) You should have seen how messy the mic got. (laughs) Okay, but like, I understand what you guys are saying about like, they probably just record everything. But some of the raptor sounds in Jurassic Park are made from the sounds of sea turtles mating. Like, who decided to record that sound? Well, it was probably <laughs> who, some... Who, like, went out and was like, oh, that sounds like a good sound to record. But I think I think the sound engineers, like, when you, you think about what they're trying to do, they understand, you know, the wavelengths, they understand how different tones and things are going to go together. Like, and so I think that they can almost, like, okay, I need to have 
this and i i they probably have a whole database of mm. all these different sounds and all these different noises that have been recorded that noise was probably recorded by some um you know marine biologist who was studying oh. sea turtles and they saved it somewhere and it got put into the sound database Someone's scrolling through this endless database like whoa 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 <laughs> turtles made it yeah <laughs> let's see what this is about <laughs> like that sounds like a dinosaur yeah i know that's what i just think it's so weird or like the t-rex is like some pig and right donkey sound and I no i think it, I, I agree i think it's very interesting like how do you get from <laughs> how do you get from I uh, need a T Rex sound yeah. to it's like a recipe. pig slash donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle a little donkey in there, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Just the whole part. Yeah. And <laughs> a dash of... <laughs> dash of turtles going at it. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, that does it. That's exactly File name, it's turtle time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's even like with the raptors and and t-rex like here's an animal that nobody's ever heard before right. and somebody's like making these sounds putting them all together it's like yep that's what a t-rex sounded like and we're all like yep that's yeah, what they sounded sure, like sure. yeah i believe you <laughs> like you could have just put like any sound there exactly <laughs> it's true any like roaring isk sound just, just mad. <laughs> Imagine a raptor opening its mouth and you hear a hee-haw come yeah. out. Like, oh, I didn't realize they made that noise. <laughs> I guess it's real. <laughs> I have no choice but to accept it. Universal made it, so. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of money. I'm sure they talk to all the professionals. <laughs> uh, and that is your random Star Wars facts of the podcast. The Force will be with you. Always. Let's uh, give a great big shout out to our patrons. We have Tim Smith, Valerie Winners, Dan Bennett, Aaron Lehman, Woo! Mats Feruli, Ali Heron, Tyler Gaiman, Casey Winners, Melissa Schlosser, John Hollenberger, and brand new patron Josh Rich. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Giving golf claps. Golf claps are great for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> they don't Seriously, disrupt. thank you guys so much. Uh, I really appreciate your support. Look forward to uh, next Scattergories night when we get to hang out again. Mediocre! I actually... <laughs> things you I actually thought about that the other day. What? That we haven't played Scattergories in a yeah, while. Yeah, we have to have a movie night again, too. We yes. haven't watched any DCOMs lately. I know. Disney Channel original movies. Ooh. Yeah. Which ones have you watched so far? Uh, Brink. Brink. And even <laughs> Steven's movie. movie. Okay. Halloween is coming up. But I was gonna say we need to watch um, Johnny Tsunami. No. Smart House. No. The uh, Smart House would be a good one. I was thinking of the Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh, really? Yes. Where they go? Isn't that the one where like they go to like Paris or mm-hmm. whatever? Yeah. They go to Rome. Uh, yeah. Rome, <laughs> Rome. <laughs> um, best Henry Cavill impression. Nice, Rome. <laughs> I started watching uh, the other me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. With um, one of the Lawrence brothers, the youngest one. Oh, I'm thinking, Joey. I'm thinking of that. That's the oldest one. The one Lawrence. where the guy, the guy cloned himself. Andrew. Wasn't that? It is the one where he clones himself. The other me. Oh, I thought there was one with Muniz, Frankie Muniz. Oh, there's me, myself, and I with Frankie Muniz. Oh, uh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. And he no, that's when also he, clones himself. That's when he, he races like pine car derby 
things. Mm, that's uh No, that's Miracle on Lane 2. Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the one with the fake real Santa. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, of course, Santa Claus (laughs) can stay with us. Where Santa evicts someone so that a little seven-year-old girl can have a house to herself. That's right. (laughs) You get out of here. (laughs) This is for another deserving family. Luckily, they wish to be homeless this Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so thanks, Molly and Matt, for being here. Thanks if for it gets any later, yeah, this conversation is going to take a wild turn. Even more wild. <laughs> Even more wild rage. <laughs> wild! <laughs> well, I just went way off the charts. <laughs> um, any last, uh, any final words from you guys before I dispatch you? <laughs> dispatch me. <laughs> you guys should also check out my podcast, Silver Screen and Television Dreams. Nice. You should check it out. I've been yep. listening. Shameless plug. I've been listening. Matt, what podcast are you having? <laughs> <laughs> what podcast? Um, it's like it's how to train your dragon. Excel sheet. How to build a proper Excel <laughs> <laughs> pivot table. That'd be, that'd be such an issue. Podcast. <laughs> Okay, you want to click in A3. No, no, no. A3. <laughs> and then in the bar at the top, put equals parentheses sum one. That's S-U-M-I-F-S. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. <laughs> Open parentheses. I accidentally opened up PowerPoint instead. <laughs> Get off the channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my okay uh yeah thanks guys for being here thanks everyone for listening um be safe be courteous bye bye